my daughter's favorite word. Well, here we all are. Welcome back to Teacher Quit Talk. Did you want to quit today? Did you already quit? Did you thank your lucky stars that you're not there anymore? We get it. Did you schedule send your resignation and you're only going to stop it if you feel compelled to? (laughs) That's a fabulous idea, honestly. No, it really is. Like, if you have to send a risky thing, schedule send it for like 24 hours later. And then unless you feel like the overwhelming urge to go not do it, just let that sucker ride. Right. So today we're talking about a topic that is very important to me and near and dear to my heart. And I think that is one of the biggest crisis, crises, whatever, however many plurals you could make crisis, that's what I want, is recess. I want to talk Mm -hmm. about recess. And talk about recess, we shall. You told me that you had a really good idea. I do. Should we start with your really good idea? Yes. So I always say, if I was queen of the United States, if I got to do whatever the fuck I wanted, and I, queen, I mean that authoritarian queen, I get to do whatever I want. There's no Congress. There's no state. I get to do whatever the fuck I want. I'm queen. When that happens, this is what I would do. Every child, K through 12, should be legally mandated to have a full hour of recess every single day. And you might be like, misredacted, what the fuck are teenagers going to do with recess? And my answer to you is whatever the fuck they want because it's a recess. So I think that they should be able to walk the track during recess. I think they should be able to lay in a little field studying. I think they should be able to lay in a field with no thoughts. I think they should be able to hang out with their friends under a tree in the shade. I think they should get access to any PE equipment to do their little game things. And I think that we would have a lot less behavior issues and a lot less fighting in high school if they had a chance to burn their energy. And what's even more fabulous about my idea of an hour of mandated recess for high school, boom, that's when you can do all of your department meetings and all of your planning meetings because the kids are playing outside. So now we can have lots of time to actually collaboratively plan with each other. Mm-hmm. But we would have to have playground staff or whatever that would be in high school because that's always the issue for us is like yes. who watches the children. And most of the places that I've worked, I've had duty free, but I had to work recess duty last year for the first time and I did not enjoy. When I was teaching, we had duty free lunch and the admin and our security would watch them during lunch. So I feel as though that should be the plan. Well, they really should. Whoever in this school's not a teacher, get get your ass outside. It's literally good for every age. We think of recess as like playtime. It's not really the most important part of recess in my opinion. It's like socialization and conflict resolution and collaboration. Just figuring out your own shit like as a human being. Like, you know, what do you want to do? What makes you feel rested? What's a good use of your own time? All of that, but at the top of the list is like, they don't have to be bossed around. They have autonomy. They can do what they want. They can have their little goblin time. Yeah, and we all need it. Like, I would be at recess grabbing little chunks of grass, making little potions, like, whatever the fuck I was doing. Mm -hmm. We had watched Bring It On in, like, kindergarten, and we were doing uh, fucking fake cheerleading stunts on the grass. That was what the 90s was like, you guys. This is what the children need. It's really what they need. And think about, like, the amount of companies, like your Googles, your Zooms, the various corporate overlords that many of us work under, the amount of companies that have implemented like Wellness Fridays where like all employees get like an hour to go be outside, go take a walk, whatever. There is so much evidence that that is 
a positive thing for people of all ages. It's wild to me that A, we limit recess to elementary school, and B, even within elementary school, kids do not get nearly as much recess as they used to. Well, and I was even going to say something about the school being structured like a fucking prison. And then I was like, wait, you get yard time in prison. Stop. A lot of them do. No, I'm sure it varies. I know. Like, I'm sure it varies. But like, from things I've heard a lot. Yeah. Even in max security. Wow. It's wild that we put t- teenagers who are literally experiencing the most insane hormonal changes of human life. It's wild that we put them in a cinder block building under fluorescent lighting and don't allow them to move around. And then when they fight, we're like what the hell why would you do that (laughs) like when they get upset or throw something everyone's like whoa if we didn't have duty-free recess we wouldn't get planning time some days we don't get prep period unless the kids are doing something else obviously so like art class if there's whatever but you have to teach pe if i had to teach pe i would literally send an email to the principal and be like real quick if i needed 30 pelotons how realistic is that my poor poor children someday one of my third graders from last year is going to grow up and listen to this And I just want to say, I'm really sorry that I gave you the PE education that I did. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I had a class in it to get my credential, but they would rotate us through four different sections of the yard, as you all know it was called. It was just cement. We had a kickball area where my kids would fight over who was going to be the pitcher, but they never, ever were allowed... This is so bad. We started the year with a fake ball because a couple reasons. One, it was we had two balls and the rest of them were deflated. So if somebody else was using the balls, like at the handball court. Whoa, 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 whoa. For the school, you had two? For our PE equipment because the fucking head of the playground managers, who's the same one that used to take chips off of my kids, the same one who screamed at me for letting my child have hot chocolate in the classroom, and the person who yelled at me about the post-its. I've told all these stories on the podcast. That person is the head playground honcho. How does one get into playground management? I didn't see that as an option when I was picking a degree. Girl had been there for like 30 years. Like she was running that bitch. This is her motherfucking playground. It's her school. No one's having fun unless I hear about it first. Right. Because they rotate principals every three, four years. But not playground managers. She was camped out. That's like the English monarchy. When you're appointed, it's till you die. She And she's the one that wouldn't let me use the laminator. She had control over the laminator. I wasn't allowed to use it and she like put my letters through and it crumpled. God, you all have heard the story. You know this person. You guys are personally acquainted with her. Anyways, I'm so glad that we've all gotten on the same page because now I can talk freely. So (laughs) last year, no God, I keep calling it last year and it's not last year anymore. That's so depressing. Ugh. Okay. So we had like two balls, right? One classroom that had two balls. There were two other other balls, but they were like semi-deflated and you had to use them among the grade level. We were not allowed to use the recess equipment, but we were also not allowed to use the pump that pumped up the balls. So she would say, give me the balls in the morning and I'll blow them up. I multiple times took the balls to the office, sent a kid down, whatever, to get the balls blown up. Never ever happened. So I just gave up. I was like, I guess this is what it is. So the reason back to, I'm, trying, I'm gonna land this fucking plane about PE, but no, I keep it flying. <laughs> 
That's like the the banner above our podcast. It's like, we don't <laughs> land planes here. This is the Bermuda <laughs> Triangle of conversations. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. That's the funny Planes enter and do not land. <laughs> They really don't. Well, anyways, so what the fuck was I talking about? You were talking about how she wouldn't blow up your balls. And also, I just have to say, my toxic trait is that when I get frustrated, money loses all value to me. So I immediately would have bought a set of like 10 basketballs and a pump and been like, we're good for my class. My agency at the time was stealing all of my money, so I couldn't. <laughs> That's what other teachers did. They had their own balls. And I also didn't have anywhere to store the balls and I didn't want to buy somewhere to store the I could have just made a TikTok video and been like, listen how sad this is, and I would have gotten everything I ever wanted, but I don't do I that. I would have gotten shit. a pack of balloons and just blown up like three free recess and been like, once they're popped, that's how you know recess is over. Now you're thinking. Well, they could use the playground manager used their stuff for recess. You're allowed for recess. We couldn't use it for PE, even though the shed was right there. Regardless. So the kickball thing, if we were at the kickball station for like a month and a half, my class last year was so violent with one another. It was just like they would be standing in line to do kickball and they'd turn around and just punch someone and like it would turn into a brawl and that's not the kind of athletic activity that we're trying to establish in this classroom and I realized really quickly I was like you know what maybe they don't understand the game maybe we need to like take it back and like walk through how we play kickball so (laughs) I tried to do that but then what would happen is somebody would kick the kickball and then a bunch of my boys would go and grab it and then start fighting over the ball so to back it up even further i was like we need to scaffold this clearly so i removed the ball so they for a a few rotations of kickball could only play imaginary kickball and in doing so they would kick the imaginary ball and i would as a director yell run to first base and then so and so go to second base and i would tell them what to do they never did in the end learn how to play kickball i eventually changed it so that they all just stood in a line and somebody was the pitcher and they kicked the ball and then the, the People would go grab it, and then that would be it. Uh, They would return the ball, and then they'd kick it, and I just gave up on the bases thing. I was like, this isn't working. (sighs) So anyways, that was one rotation. The other was basketball, which we weren't allowed to have co-ed basketball. Aren't they like five? Aren't they like seven or something? This was third grade. Yeah. I don't know why. To be honest with you, I never knew. I had like five or six girls. So I just, they got their own basketball of which, as you can imagine, there were very few. And they got to go to a separate basketball hoop and they loved it. Good for them. That's what they deserve. Yeah. And they had the basketball for the girlies. Yeah. (laughs) WNBA. Exactly. They would line up and just throw the ball and clap for each other. And I was like, that is the energy that I want. That is what it's all fucking about right here. Uh That is ladies supporting ladies. Mm -hmm. I had some boys who wanted to go play with them. So every time they asked, I said, yes, I did. Because they were, because the boys that asked were like sweetie patooties, you know. They were like the eight-year-old boys that were very like sweet and quiet and didn't want to get 
into fist fights on the basketball they were like, court. I'm not really liking the <laughs> NBA WWE rotation. If I could switch to WNBA, that seems yeah. a little more my speed. And they never minded. They were as long as they stood in that line and chucked that ball, they were all happy as can be. So, anyways, that was basketball. And then there was it was not a playground rotation, but you better fucking believe that I made it one. It was just that you area. Just, like, give them a box or something like it had the playground structure on it and all the playground structure was was two monkey bars and a metal slide and I just let them play on the that I was like go for it instead of trying to craft up another game I was like this is playground day and we love that that's actually core strength day playground (laughs) day is core strength day I know and then there was handball which there were two handball courts and that was very highly coveted and they got hyped they loved handball anyways that was PE all year long except for the time that I tried to allow them to play soccer which was the time that one of my students gave my colleague a brain bleed not soccer is nothing sacred they were just passing back and forth but my student turned around and kicked the fucking ball into the basketball court and hit my colleague in the head and then she had to get medical attention for a while yeah she's okay now I I also, I really, one thing that we'll never experience, but I hope that it happens, is that one of these kids in your class is going to go on to another school or maybe like be doing an icebreaker at freshman orientation for college or something. And someone is going to mention kickball and they're going to be like, yeah, with the invisible ball. And everyone is going to be like, what the fuck happened to you? What are you talking about with the (laughs) invisible ball? They're going to be like, you know, well, you can't use the real ball because everyone keeps killing each other. So then your teacher makes the invisible ball for the rest of the year. My class. I don't know how much I've talked about. I know I've made TikToks about it, but if you don't know about my class in 2021. They were a lot. They put you in the the Vietnam of teaching third grade. So what was happening was in first grade, it was basically the same roster that I had when they were in third, but they, they triggered the heck out of each other. Like one of the strategies you can use is like spacing kids apart and giving them their own space. There was not enough space in that classroom to keep the kids away from each other that pissed each other off so deeply and you're talking about 12 kids that were at some point on a behavior plan to like help them maybe manage their anger or manage their outbursts or walking whatever it was eloping we had it all and they did not get along for the most part so like we did so much sel but it was wackadoodle time in my classroom and i felt so bad for them because it's like I would just sit on the desk sometimes and be like listen guys I know you're mad I get it but we can't punch each other I can't even intervene this was the class that like they were all lined up for lunch and I leaned down to put something in the grade book and somebody just decked a kid and knocked my whole line over they did that outside once too and there was blood it was really bad so all that to say the original plane (laughs) had an hour of recess managed by somebody else Every day. Right. And here's what I was going to say. If you're in a Title I school, you, you might not have the staff allotted to be a PE teacher. That money might go somewhere else. But that was technically like second recess or third recess. What do you mean? In the morning, they have one recess. Then they have lunch 
recess. Then they have at the end of the day PE, but PE is like not great. So they had 60 minutes of physical activity every day. Hang on. I'm looking up recess requirements per state. I wish I had like a map. In California, elementary schools and schools with grades one through eight, inclusive schools, must provide a minimum of 200 PE instructional minutes to pupils each 10 school days, excluding recess and lunchtime. Because that's for PE. But to me, PE and recess are a very different vibe because PE is still structured. As a child who hated PE. Me too. You describing your rotations, I would have eloped. Like if I was eight, you would not see me. Like as soon as you said rotation, I would have hit the bricks. Because I think having the unstructured playtime is really what scratches that brain itch that makes them calm down. Like we said, being able to go off and do their little goblin time. This year, in February, Senator Josh Newman who is the chair of the Senate Committee on Education, he introduced his first education bill of the year, and it was to ensure all K-8 through pupils in California have access to a minimum standard of recess while prohibiting the withholding of recess as form of punishment or discipline. So requiring, but also requiring that you can't say sit in during recess, which I think is fantastic, but it never even crossed my mind that we could get legislation for that. The way you just segued perfectly into what I was about to talk about. I literally have all this annoying data about what you just said. About taking recess away? Yes. I should have had that on my ick list last week. So I'm not going to say like if you have taken recess away you're a shitty garbage teacher because I know we don't get the behavior support that we need and at that point you might be grasping at straws looking for anything. So I'm not going to say that you're a terrible person but I am going to say when we learn more we do better. So if you're listening to this and taking away recess is a punishment that you enjoy delving out or that you utilized, maybe think about that again. I mean, if you're taking recess away, not only are you punishing your students, but you're punishing yourself. That's something that a lot of veteran teachers do and they're like, just do it. Like that's advice that new teachers get all the time. Like, oh, well, they can't go out to recess. So this is what I found. This is from NBC News and they said that one survey found that 86% of teachers in the US have decreased or taken away recess as a punishment for bad behavior. I'm assuming the only time I remember getting recess taken away is one time I didn't do my homework and I had to sit at a little table doing it while all the other kids played. I remember it. I have, in my educational youth, doled that out and been on the receiving end of it. And apparently, in 2013, the American Academy of Pediatrics released a statement on recess stressing that it not be withheld for punitive or academic reasons and that recess is crucial and necessary component of a child's development. So the pediatricians said, cut this shit out, bitch. Literally. Let the kids play. Yeah. And even when, like, there's the one aspect of, like, the individual teacher taking away recess, but the one thing I wanted to talk about is we also have, like, a really nationwide aspect of recess consistently being cut and cut and cut, kind of for the same reasons we were talking about in the social studies episode, to make more time for testing on reading and math is what I've seen about it being cut very dramatically. Well, yeah. If you're required to do, like, 120 minutes of reading every day. Where is that going to fit? I found the statistic I was looking for. So this is from US News and World Report. Since 2001, the average weekly recess time has declined by 60 minutes. We have lost a full hour per week 
in 20 years. That doesn't surprise me at all. What I did find interesting is that the average child sits for 8.5 hours per day. um, And studies show that 20 minutes of a daily recess can make a huge difference in their, I'm assuming, emotional and physical health. Yeah. They're just like literally not built for that. The other stat that I found, this is from National Education Association. And it said in 2014, about two out of 10, so that's around 20%, U.S. elementary schools had no daily recess and that is according to the cdc 20 percent of elementary schools do not have daily recess that is crazy how is that even possible this is another thing it says in 2014 national public radio did an investigation of recess in seattle and found stark divisions between wealthier predominantly white schools and those serving students of color and more low-income families while the more privileged group would get upwards of 45 minutes of recess a day the poorer black students typically had no more than 15 minutes sometimes none so i think that's again like the schools that get classified as underperforming schools based on test scores when we really know they're usually under performing due to the kids having trauma circumstances within the home lots of reasons why kids not might perform as well on test as we want them to but those kids are being overly punished and they're getting recess withheld which in my opinion is holding them back even more because then they're not able to engage in their work because they're stressed and have too much energy and that follows them all the way to high school like if you in elementary school don't have a balanced schedule that means you're not really going to be effectively able to engage in instruction which means you're not going to be prepared for your later grades no exactly it all snowballs like that and it's so systemic but like what you're saying about how long these kids are sitting is so developmentally inappropriate what is it attention span is double this child's age. Oh, I always heard it was like congruent. Like a 12-year-old can focus for 12 minutes. A 16-year-old can focus for 16 minutes is what I heard. I've heard that that's too. usually my role with high school students is 15. Mine too. But this research that I'm reading from Brain Balance says double. Oh, good. Which is interesting. Shout out to Brain Balance for having those high expectations. Granted, I had ADHD out my ass when I was a kid. I still do. So it's not, <laughs> it's not so universally like- applicable. <laughs> Did it? Yeah, for sure. Back when. I'm healed. I'm healed, everyone. You healed yourself with essential oils. The research says I'm fine. But anyway, so I guess it could be anything from like the child's age in number of minutes upwards to double is what I, because I've heard that research too. Any who's all. I have more statistics if you want them. Please read me more statistics. Alrighty, so this is one of the few instances of Florida being on the right side of history. This is an article from Time Magazine from 2017 when apparently Florida um, passed a law that guarantees 20 minutes of recess each day. I have never taught elementary school in Florida, but I know people that have, and I'm going to hazard to guess that this law is not being followed with fidelity, but still happy for them that they passed it. Um, So Florida's law was the culmination of a long campaign by parents in the state. One of the parents' name, her name is Angela Browning. She was the founder of Recess for All Florida Students, said that her kids started coming home from school in tears, complaining that the day had been too long and that they didn't have any time to play with their friends. They were only getting 10 minutes of recess twice a week. So literally 20 minutes in the whole week to be a little goblin with your friends. I do dance parties longer than that. No, literally. Um, It says, this year, the 20 minute of recess each day, their response has been different. And she said, I cannot even begin to explain how much adding recess back into their day, how much of an effect it had on my kids. When we have these young children and we can't find 
the time to give them a 20 minute break. We have lost our way. 10 minutes twice a week. Be so fucking for serious right now. Like I'm pretty sure your employer is required to give you more breaks than that. Like if you work at Walmart, you get a 15 minute break every four hours. I looked at California's ed code just to see like what it says about recess. And it just says that there has to be time for unstructured but supervised play to provide extracurricular physical activity and fitness programs and physical activity and fitness clubs and to encourage the use of school facilities for physical activity and fitness programs offered by the school, public park, and recreation districts or community-based organizations outside of school hours. What does that even mean? That doesn't mean anything. It says do it, but we don't care how. Just They're like, do it, but if it's not at school and not on your time and also you don't facilitate it at all, that's also cool because some parents sent us some nasty letters. So we're going to pass something, but I don't really give a fuck, so. Whatever. I used to break ed code every goddamn day because I didn't say the Pledge of Allegiance, so suck it. My favorite thing that's ever happened in my classroom, ever. Ever, ever, ever. I actually debated if we should talk about the Pledge of Allegiance today. We should talk about the Pledge of Allegiance, but maybe not today. (laughs) It's on our list. I know. I'm going to save my pledge story then. Okay. Stay tuned. But what I was going to say is, how did we get to a point as our nation that we treat kids worse than Walmart employees? Like, how are Walmart employees getting better treatment than literal children? And I think Walmart employees should get better treatment than they're getting, but I feel like we can all agree they're not treated well. I wish they were, but they're not. So, so far in this episode, we have established that some schools treat their students worse than prisoners and Walmart employees. See, I had a friend who worked for Walmart who, like, went hard for them. Remember when, like, it was, like, Republican Central in there? Is it still? They sell guns. Not all of them. They don't sell guns in Walmart anymore? No, some Walmarts do and some Walmarts don't. Kind of how some Walmarts have a photo center and some don't. It's, like, the same thing. But I don't think there's any correlation between the guns and photo centers. I'm so serious. The one in Pennsylvania, when we got the Walmart built, it was an aisle with an attendant. Yeah. And they had, like, the With the cases? You know how they display bikes? Yeah. Yeah. They had the cases up so that you could see it from, like, the electronics section. And I was like, I hate this. Anyways. You know when you're shopping for milk and you're like, what if I got a handgun? Growing up in the middle of fucking nowhere is the strangest experience now that I live so disconnected from that. It's just, like, looking back and thinking about the way some things were, it actually is deeply confusing. Um... In maximum security prisons, inmates have an allotted two hours of time in the yard. Two hours? <laughs> two? 120 minutes? They could watch all of National Treasure if they wanted to. The law itself states inmates should be able to spend at least one hour out of every 24 hours outside. This person said they were under approximately 12 different wardens. The majority of them allowed ample yard time. It's the same kind of law that we have with recess. It's like, just let them outside. You you figure that out amongst yourselves. Once they're outside, know. it's up to you. I wonder if the prisoners get basketballs. It does say that some prisoners aren't allowed outside at all, which is interesting because I didn't... Oh, some prisons don't even have the capacity to allow prisoners to spend, spend time outside, which is the same thing we're seeing in schools. <laughs> yeah. It's always fascinating to me to hear about, like, schools in, like, Manhattan just like the infrastructure of them. It's so foreign to me. It's so different. And then I heard about a school one time that they do recess at a park. It's like 
a combo thing. Yeah, I've seen I've seen students going across to the parks before, um, which sounds awesome. But then I I think like, damn, they're eating up a lot of their time walking. I wonder how much time they get in general. As a teacher, that would give me anxiety. The transporting of other people's children, I would say, is my biggest trigger. That very much scares me. I wish I could force each of them to swallow an air. Because you hate field trips. I've never done one because they're my biggest. I would fear. microchip my child in a heartbeat. I would microchip myself. And when she was born. I was like, can we get a syringe with the microchip? But nobody chipped Did you her. see the little baby air tag jewelry? So in mommy groups right now, a big discussion is where to put the air tag to be undetected, but unremovable. There are shoes. Yeah, so there's shoes that you can put it in the tongue of the shoe, but a lot of moms are like, well, they take their shoes off. And then it's like, okay, we'll put it in her hair. They have scrunchies with them. That's what I was to say. I feel like hair would be a good choice or like a little necklace. Yeah, but then can the person kidnapping your child see it and rip it off and throw it? Mm. I think getting them to swallow it is the best bet. I think getting a syringe. My boyfriend was telling me about how his coworker, her son was going on his first field trip ever. He's in kindergarten. And it was over the summer. It was like a summer camp field trip. And my boyfriend was like, yeah, she told me she put an air tag in his backpack. Ha ha ha. Isn't that paranoid? And I was like, why didn't she sew it into his shirt pocket? Because he probably didn't take the backpack on the trip. They usually don't do that. I was so opinionated about anything like that. I remember being so pissed about the idea of tracking apps coming on the scene and I was so irritated I was like why do I have to share that with my mom whatever it's such a human rights violation like I was so dramatic with it immediately I had a child and was like I I'd be a leash parent I'm definitely on the same page the only thing that stops me from getting Jay a leash is somebody videotaping it and putting it on TikTok and being like Mrs. Frazzled has her kid on a leash I would do that. So just so you know, I would do that to you. I would potato her for the video, of course, but I would absolutely bust you out like that. I begged my mom to put me on a leash when I was little because I was so, as we mentioned, ADHD. Is that the theme of this episode? But I was... I begged her. I was like, I do not want to hold your hand. I've seen these kids on leashes and they get like four feet. That's so much more freedom than you're giving me right now. Like, (laughs) I want that. You're like, I want the child's safety tether. A hundred percent. Given the choice, I would have loved that. Like, let me... Let me be, mother. I want to be my own person. <laughs> I'm going to buy you. Uh, I want. So this is a multi-part plan. One, I would like okay. us to take a family trip to Disneyland. Two, I'm going to get you the leash for twins so that you can put your child on one and then I'll go on the other one. Yeah! But I... No, it's not going to be a positive experience for you. You know when you see a dog walker and all their dog's leashes are tangled? That's what you're going to feel like the whole day. Oh, my God. And somebody's going to put it on TikTok and be like, she's a bad mom. She's a bad mom and podcast (laughs) co-host. She put her podcast co-host on a leash. I also want to wear matching outfits with your child for this day. Okay. Oh, my God. That would be so cute. I'm going to buy us the whole family outfits, you know, where it's like the whole set. And then I'll just get like the chubby 12-year-old baby one and shove my body into it. And then you and your husband can wear the parent one. That's amazing. Anyways, so wow. We have covered a lot of things. I have to say this because I keep fucking editing and kicking myself in the face for not saying it. We're going to do an ad and then we'll come right back. Thanks for listening to our ad. See you in a sec. So, I'm not done talking about 
the people who take recess away. I'm actually not. Yeah, there. let's circle back to that. I was about to literally, I was going to circle back to to planning in recess, but let's circle back to taking away recess. Let me take this plane off. Pilot this motherfucker. Let's talk about taking I, away recess. Because I'm going to be overly diplomatic because I'm terrified of elementary schoolers. And you're never the diplomatic one. So this is pretty shocking. So this is, okay, I'm diplomatic because I will always be diplomatic to someone who's making a decision out of desperation. And because we have heard from so many teachers that did not get support with behavior management and did not have effective systems in place by their school for behavior management, I can see where if you know that if you send a kid to admin, they're just going to get snacks and come back. That is a punishment that is within your control. And I can see where you would be grasping for that. That doesn't make it right. But I can see where if you were just like at your wits end and you're like, I don't know what to do to make you be good and no one is helping me where that's a thing you could end up doing. And I think you could do it without being malicious. Thank you for your perspective. I don't think it's always a malice intent decision, but that doesn't make it a good decision. I am going to keep my mouth shut about don't. some <laughs> things that I want to say. No, don't. That is a very nice perspective. Here's a couple things that I think. <laughs> I think it is a form of exerting control over children. Nine times out of 10, I think that what happens is a lot of the poorly executed behavior management plans in school leave teachers feeling like they have a lack of autonomy. They feel like they're going with the wind of whatever the child's doing or the school culture or what have you. And I think that a lot of adults will seize that opportunity to exert control as a way to make themselves feel that they are doing something to really change the air in their classroom, like to switch up how things have been going. However, exerting control and sticking a child under your thumb is never the answer. That's a power struggle. And in the end, it just doesn't work. Does it feel good, I guess, for a second? Sure, maybe to be like, whew, they're listening to me. Phew, got it. But like, I think that if you are having that bad of behavior issues in your classroom, keeping a child in for recess is so not the answer. And I'm not talking about, there are times when my whole class will go to recess and I'll hold a child back just to have a conversation for like a minute or two and we'll walk to recess together. They get the privilege of being with me, which they just love so much. You can have that moment of connection and correction on the way for them to get their wiggles out because also likely they're going to be pissed at you. Mm -hmm. And my thought in terms of it being a punishment, I cannot think of a time when that punishment, quote unquote, fits the crime, so to speak. If you're going to be doling out a punishment, like I use the prompt method for consequences. What's that? So prompt is... <gasps> An acronym. We love it. What I do is three verbal reminders. How do you keep track of that? I have a class, a, a little laminated class list, but it's just for me. It's not like on the wall anywhere. It's like literally I carry it around. So they get dots. And then once they hit four, it's a reflection. 
if they hit five, it's a buddy classroom where they go to my coworker's classroom and they reflect with that teacher. And then after that, it could be a parent contact or an office contact. But it's all like very restorative justice and blah, blah, blah. And the consequence that would come would be like logical or a natural consequence. Like if you throw something on the floor, you pick it up. You can do it when you're emotionally regulated. That's fine. Like I will give you all the time in the world to be at peace and calm down. But once you calm down, we're going to pick it up. And if it's too big of a mess for a child to clean up on their own, I will help. I will get them the supplies. I will help them do the things they can't do. But like they are going to stay till the bitter end of cleaning up that mess. Like that to me is a logical consequence. Saying if you're playing in the classroom, then you don't need recess because you already were playing is not, in my opinion, a good consequence because they're communicating a need by displaying that behavior in your classroom. And if you hold them back from getting their wiggles out on their own terms, they're going to continue that behavior. So like, I totally respect that it's A, a widespread practice that people are told is gonna help and it just doesn't. I totally understand not having behavior support I have fucking been there. Like, I get it. But when we're thinking about what to do to make it better, it actually needs to make it better, not worse. (laughs) Not engaging in that little voice in our head that says, get this kid in line, you know, because that's not, what what does that do? Exactly. Like, you may have won the battle of getting them to do whatever needs to be done in that moment and maintaining a safe, cooperative environment for a moment. But like, you are losing the war of them being able to functionally be in your room on a long-term basis because like we said like literally the fucking american pediatric people are like please let them play outside also i think i already talked about this but it keeps me awake at night so i'm going to talk about it again i saw a thing online one time that was talking about how a lot of kindergartners were having a lot of trouble writing and holding a pencil because for you to have like fine motor skills you have to have core strength like your muscles are all connected and they were talking about how in pre-k they're cutting down on like outside time to to push literacy so that they're quote unquote ready for kindergarten. So they're spending less time just like screwing around outside. And kindergarten teachers were talking about how they were having a hard time holding a pencil because they didn't have fine motor strength because they haven't gotten enough playtime, which is crazy to me. Huh. So I think overall, like the overarching issue is like kids are spending a lot of time sitting at desks which is not good for their whole body. And then later that's impacting their learning. So whether it's the immediate effect of like the fine motor strength or just the impact of like losing focus, not being able to emotionally regulate, all those things. I think it's like such a multifaceted issue of recess. And I think it has such a deep effect on teachers and teacher retention from what we talked about, about planning to also behavior and like your kids being happy. No one wants to teach kids that are stressed out, overworked and unhappy. They're not fun to be around. I'm so glad that you said the planning thing and teacher retention thing because I do think that it's so critical. I mean, when else are you going to do collaborative planning? When else are you going to get all your shit done? If we are constantly preaching about, you know, we need time to plan. We don't need to do so much work outside of school. I'd love to spend more time with my family. Where would it be? It would be if you had playground monitors supervising the kids while you they have recess. It's just good for everyone. But then it's like a money thing as per usual. I think the same way we floated the idea 
of getting subs through a jury duty system. I think we should also be seeking playground monitors Oh, in that way. God, there's so much staff that needs to be hired. The way that the educational system is broken is fucking everything up for us because we can't hire enough of literally anything. I have a, a fun and spooky idea. <gasps> oh my God. What if we got all of the people at the district who get paid six figures to analyze test score data and then come yell at us about it? What if those people had to each spend one to two hours per day on recess duty? You can bring your little laptop. That's fine. I think that's a phenomenal idea. The principles that I've had that are the, just the most in touch are the ones who have their booties in a classroom. And it's not just to observe formally. It's like, hey, do you need anything? Like coming around, helping with small groups, helping with recess, like there is nothing that warms my heart more than when I see a principal out on the yard fighting their, for their fucking life because there's a second grader who's like losing their shit and they are there like in the trenches with us like helping mediate, helping fix things, going to get band-aids. Like admin is trying to focus on professional developments where it's like sing and dance and talk about your why and let's make a poster board. That type of community building is not nearly as impactful as the kind of community building that you do when you're in the trenches and on the ground with your staff. Side note, but because you mentioned poster board, it should be a federal offense to make your teachers do an anchor chart together unless you provide them unlimited anchor chart paper for the entire year. I would always think about that. I'd be like, let me think about how many materials we used in PD that I don't fucking get to use with the actual kids. Let's reflect on that. I know, because they have a budget for it. They get the name brand ones with the sticky. The post. I know. Somebody, Um, I watched a TikTok the other day where there was this teacher de-influencing teaching supplies and I was like rocking with it. I was like, yeah, fuck that thing. You don't need that. And then she got to the anchor chart paper, the post-it brand anchor chart paper. And I was like, Ooh. <laughs> You're like, oh, you lost me. I have it in my garage redacted. I literally hoard me it. too. Well, I don't have a garage, but I have it. It's so sad because it's like when you buy those really nice candles and you won't burn them. That is the anchor chart post-it paper of the teaching world because I barely, barely make anchor charts. And when I do, it's like I meticulously plan them because I'm (laughs) it's $50. And so I've never, I have two packs of it in my garage just sitting there because I had hoarded it. I have a fun use for them because I also have some hoarded anchor chart paper that I used the other day. But I need it when I go back to teaching, but okay. I'm just saying for anyone listening. Um, I had a bunch of little things that I wanted to hang on a wall. Like I had like my diploma, some art, like I wanted to make not a gallery wall, but like a little spot. So what I did is I traced them all onto the sticky paper. So then I could like get the shapes, like I traced them and then cut them out so that I could peel and stick them and arrange it lots of different ways before I put holes in the walls. That is quite genius. So if you are not a teacher and you need to do that project, buy it and you'll only use like two sheets and then just drop it off at your local elementary school. Someone will use it. Someone will use it and probably come out of the school and kiss you on the mouth. Yeah, so be prepared for yeah. that. Yeah, know that they're excited. It's not like a sex thing. It's not sexual. It's purely... Joy. 
pure joy. Pure unadulterated joy. Is there anything else we should say about planning time before we talk about what we should do about it? Um, a great way, like if any education leaders are talking about this, when you are telling teachers that we need to do things like differentiated instruction, data-driven instruction, we need to do all of these things that we know are important and we know are effective, giving teachers more recess time is a way to actually get that done. Like the way to really drive student achievement and to effectively implement new strategies is to give people the time to do that. Recess is a win-win. The kids are winning because they're getting their wiggles out and it's good for their brain, their body, everything. And then the teachers are winning because they get more planning time. And then the district is winning because both those things will drive scores, which is all y'all give a fuck about to begin with. That's really well said. I fully agree with it. I think like the way that I've kind of hacked the system for myself is every six to 12 minutes or whatever, I've given my kids a body break of some kind, whether it's like get up and do a dance party, get up and do a go noodle, whatever. But like, that's very helpful. And I think there's also the thing like, who has the time? I agree with you, but I get really stressed sometimes. And I'm like, but we have to get through this content. We have to, we have to sit your booty down and listen to teacher like we're gonna land this plane bark 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 (laughs) but at the end of the day I've only seen success when I notice that they're wiggling and I notice that they're no longer with me and I say okay we have to do a body break right now because it, it can be super super quick but like you are going to get more done if you take that time versus plowing through and then maybe they don't retain it or maybe they're distracting each other whatever you know yeah I feel like it's the equivalent of I was at the grocery store the other day and I told myself I didn't need a basket and I could carry all my things and I couldn't and I kept dropping individual items and it took so long and it would have been so much faster if I had just gone and found a basket right when (laughs) I got there I have a hundred percent done that my mom used to say a whole phrase to me was haste makes waste and she used to say that to me all the time because again my ADHD ass when I get hyper fixated I get very quick and I'm like I want that tattooed on my face she would be honored is there anything else we should say I'm feeling pretty good I liked this episode I liked it too thank you all so much for listening um I have to make a formal apology to Alicia because you were reading her five-star review last week and I literally cut you off and said no we already read this one and And we didn't Florida Amy W says every episode is a 10-10. I'm a teacher still in the trenches in Florida, no less, and in social studies. I've listened to every episode and wish I could have coffee with you both. You are real open, honest, and so stinking funny. If you are a teacher, start listening now. Also, the episode about Edgar Allan Poe, I snort laughed in the car out loud. I love that episode. Thank you, Amy. I do too. I love that. That one didn't hit as well as I thought it was going to, and that's like one of my I think it was fucking hilarious. It was so funny. I'm also really jealous of her new job. She gets to be at the the zoo teacher. Like, this is fucking bullshit. Like, I want to be the zoo teacher. I know. Alrighty. Alicia, it's your time to shine. (laughs) I muted Fraz. Uh, (laughs) Alicia said... Wonderful. This podcast is so relatable. When I was in the depths of teacher burnout, I listened to every episode from this show. It helps to know you aren't alone in experiencing the issues that come with being a teacher currently. Me holding on to hope that things will change. Something about laughing at some of the ridiculous that goes on is so relieving. Thank you so much for keeping up with this podcast. I look forward to it every week. Thanks, Alicia. Thanks, Alicia. Thank you all so much for listening. Maybe we'll talk about the Pledge of Allegiance next week, or maybe we'll get our guest on to talk about Florida. Who knows? Who knows what'll happen? We like, don't. It'll be something. We didn't plan ahead. 
But we love you so Woo-hoo! much. Because we didn't get planning time because kids don't get enough recess. So if you want us to plan a better... Oh, wait. I did have one more thing I wanted Tell to Tell us. <laughs> so you said, what should we do to fix it? I like to make things very actionable, especially because I know some parents listen. Write your lawmakers. What was the state that you mentioned that had the bill that mandated the 20 minutes? California, baby. You can get on the phone, write a letter to your local rep that says, hey, I saw this bill in California, and I'm wondering if you are doing anything similar for children here. And a lot of times- Or if they're co-signing it. Exactly. And a lot of times, principals have a lot of control over the situation. So maybe on that back to school night, maybe in a quick email, you say, hey, how many minutes a day do kids get for recess here to see if they make a nervous face or not? If they quote the Ed Code at you and you start twitching um, or whatever. (laughs) Anyways, we love you so much. This has been another episode of Teacher Quit Talk. We'll be talking. You'll be quitting. Bye. Bye. Just as a disclaimer, because I am someone who is actively teaching, everything on this podcast is my personal opinion and does not reflect my district, my state, my employer, my students, or my admin. Everything on this podcast was recorded on personal time, on personal equipment, and is a completely separate endeavor from my school district. Yeah, leave her alone.